Good morning, saints of our Lord, and welcome to Thy Strong Word. I'm your host, Brady Finner, and pastor of Messiah Lutheran Church in Sartell, Minnesota. Thank you for tuning in this morning on Worldwide KFUO, Christ for you, anytime, anywhere. Today is Tuesday, July 13th, and we gather this next hour around the gift of the inspired and true Word of God, and the Holy Spirit helps us put on our Christ goggles as we pray. As I mentioned before, we've taken a little uh, uh, interlude between Second Kings and when we get to Nehemiah to pray the Psalms, because the Psalms are so important to the life of the church, the life of the Christian, and for all of us as we go on our daily walk with Him. And today continues the Alleluia's to sing the praises to our Lord, to pray these praises as we slowly go through this psalm and uncover the riches that the Lord gives to us today. The gifts are ready, ready for you. Thank you to our friends at Lutheran Heritage Foundation for your support of Thy Strong Word. Visit lhfmissions.org for more information, lhfmissions.org. Helping us to be strengthened by God's word, we have with us regular guest, Pastor John Lukomsky, co-host of Wrestling with the Basics. Pastor Lukomsky, welcome back to Thy Strong Word. Hey, and, and, and Brady, I tell you what, I am so excited to be with you today because it really <laughs> takes people from Minnesota to understand Psalm 147. Yeah, if you haven't yeah. experienced snow and hoarfrost the way you and I have experienced <laughs> it, I don't think you can fully comprehend the wonder and the power of Psalm 147. <laughs> and then this goes with what um, uh, Second Second Kings chapter 21 was Pastor Sandino from Maine said was a very Lutheran chapter. Well, I think he was said it was a Lutheran chapter indeed. And I think we can say this. Psalm 147 is a Minnesota psalm indeed. What do you think of that? I agree with you. I agree with you completely. <laughs> but you are but you're not in Minnesota right now, though. You are out and about. Not, What's not, going on for you? Uh, yeah, we came back home for birthdays. So we are right outside of St. Louis today. Well, hi, I, I'm waving to all of our fans that are in, in uh, Missouri and Illinois there in the <laughs> Midwest, but I'm getting out of here because it's it's warm and muggy. I got to get back right. up there where the weather's nice. So we're going back nice. up Friday, but we are here this week. So wonderful, wonderful. Well, uh, anything else going on? I mean, uh, for you, uh, other highlights, or we just get right into the prayer and <laughs> Let, praise. Let's get morning. into it. Let's because this psalm is just loaded. This is this is just a fantastic psalm. So, in fact, you know, it's so fantastic that that the uh, the Greek version divided it into two. I guess ah. they figured there was too much for one. So they actually had two two separate psalms here rather than just one. And I'm I'm particularly excited as we've been going through the psalms is because number one, they're so rich when you actually slow down and look at them. And so the way that oh, um man. we're gonna do this is we're going to go through the whole psalm first, as far as I'll okay. I'll, I'll and we're praying, and that's a good reminder to our listeners that when we are reading the psalm, that we're praying. I mean, God has given us this psalm as a gift for our own prayer life. So when you read it and when you pray it, it's your prayer as well. And secondly, then we'll go through it piece by piece, never losing this understanding of prayer. That it, you know, sometimes you get so lost in the weeds that you forget about the about what's happening, and, and to be able to see Christ and to be able to just pray it out. And today, what a great reminder to praise the Lord as. As we go through every stage of life. So as we go through that, Pastor, can you begin our time in prayer? Oh, Lord, we just, 
We just need to praise you for the gift of your word, and particularly for the gift of Psalm 147. Uh, what, a, what a powerful word you've given that, that will both humble us, will, will remind us of our sinfulness, and yet at the same time assure us of your hased, your steadfast love, uh, particularly for people like us, people who have doubt and people who sin. So, so may this... Uh, both bring us to repentance and may this word also bring us to the rejoicing and the praise that comes from knowing our salvation in Jesus Christ, in whose name we pray. Amen. Reminder to our listeners, if you have any questions concerning Psalm 147, send us an email, kfuo at kfuo.org, or or call 1-800-730-2727, 1-800-730-2727. So what we'll be doing is praying Psalm 147, and it's a good reminder for, for, for me and for our listeners that there are times we just need to praise the Lord. We get so caught up in our daily tasks, we get caught up in ourselves, that we need to have our eyes look beyond all of that and to give him the praise, as Pastor said so well, to give God, to give thanks to God just for the word and what a powerful word we have this morning. So 147, um, we will be reading from the English Standard Version, and we pray. Praise the Lord, for it is good to sing praises to our God, for it is pleasant and a song of praise is fitting. The Lord builds up Jerusalem. He gathers the outcasts of Israel. He heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. He determines the number of the stars. He gives to all of them their names. Great is our Lord and abundant in power. His understanding is beyond measure. The Lord lifts up the humble. He casts the wicked to the ground. Sing to the Lord with thanksgiving. Make melody to our God on the lyre. He covers the heavens with clouds. He prepares rain for the earth. He makes grass grow on the hills. He gives to the beasts their food and to the young ravens that cry. His delight is not in the strength of the horse, nor his pleasure in the legs of a man. But the Lord takes pleasure in those who fear him and those who hope in his steadfast love. Praise the Lord, O Jerusalem. Praise your God, O Zion. For he strengthens the bars of your gates. He blesses your children within you. He makes peace in your borders. He fills you with the finest of the wheat. He sends out the command to the earth. His words, his words run swiftly. He gives snow like wool. He scatters hoarfrost like ashes. He hurls down his crystals of ice like crumbs. Who can stand before his cold? He sends out his word and melts them. He makes his wind blow and the waters flow. He declares his word to Jacob, his statutes and rules to Israel. He has not dealt thus with any other nation. They do not know its rules. Praise the Lord. Pastor Lekomsky, as we hear this, what are your first thoughts of the themes or how it, maybe how the psalm hits you before we start going through it a few verses at a time? Well, so so the, the, it's right there from the beginning, and it's also there at the conclusion. Uh, uh, the Hebrew word hallelujah uh, translated uh, praise the Lord. Uh, although I think this is one of those instances, and, and they do that sometimes in, in the translation. They just give you the actual Hebrew. Uh, and, and since the word hallelujah or hallelujah is, is a word uh, familiar to us, I, I kind of wish they had just done that. Um, because that's the whole theme of what's going on here is, is that here's all the reasons he, he's going to list for us, all the reasons we need to be constantly praising the Lord. Uh, and yet uh, when Luther deals with this psalm, it becomes a very, very powerful psalm of repentance because Luther says, why should we be exhorted to praise the Lord? 
uh, when someone gives you something that you really, really like and you really, really want, do we not just naturally be filled with gratefulness and thankfulness? Uh, but of course, that's the problem. Uh, uh, all these things God has given us listed in the psalm, but we don't. We just take them for granted. Or what's worse, we actually think they're the result of our work and our effort. Uh-huh. Uh, uh, so, so we have that repentance. And yet in this psalm, we have the reminder, you know what? Even though we haven't been as grateful as we should, even though we sometimes take credit for what really is the work of God, God still does all these good things. Now, what kind of God is that? Could you get a better God than that that continues to bless us even when we are not uh, as grateful and thankful as we should be? So to hear these words, praise the Lord, kind of, it, it brings a, a, a strange <laughs> a strange feeling to those who maybe are a little more, uh, well, you call it damper or, you know, quiet or introverted. And, well, how does that look? You know, praise the Lord when you're like one of those like, whoa, 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 let's slow down here. Let's not get too excited. So how is this, I think, relevant <laughs> for all Christians and how we praise the Lord? Why is this important for us as Christians? Well, see, now, of course, you're, you're picking on us Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod, especially especially us old Germans. You know, we're not all old right. Germans, but a lot of us are. And, of course, we were taught to be stoic, and you don't smile, and don't get excited. Don't you dare wave your hands up in the air. And that's okay, because, see, worship is not about emotion. That, that's that's the ditch on the other side, that we just get all wrapped up in our emotions. And, and don't you think that the exhortation here isn't about emotion? Uh, because we're also going to talk about the times when we're sad and we have difficulties Mm. and we have challenges. And yet, ironically, even in those times, we still are exhorted to praise the Lord. And we'll talk about that more when we get into the snow and the hoarfrost. But that's the point. It's about it's the response of faith to really realize that there's a God who loves you and you just you can't even grasp the height, the depth, the breadth, and the length of the love he has for you. You, you can only understand it a little bit. You, only when we get into heaven will we truly praise the Lord, because only there will we fully understand that that great love. Uh, but but yeah, so so that applies to everybody. It's not a matter of whether you're emotional or like you're an introvert like myself. Uh, it, it's just about trusting and having faith in the Lord and the uh, response that comes from that of the hallelujah. So let's do this. Let's start getting into this, because I think exactly what you said relates to our first three verses, and we'll be able to talk about, okay, so why can we praise the Lord? And if you notice, it's not because I have a a big bank account, I have full health, and everything is going great, is the first three verses reminds us of why we can praise the Lord. It's because the Lord, as he works in our lives. So verses one through three, praise the Lord. For it's good to sing praises to our God, for his pleasant and a song of praise is fitting. The Lord builds up Jerusalem. He gathers the outcasts of Israel. He heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. Uh, Pastor, what, what, what does the Lord do for us here? What is he telling us? Well, before we actually talk about what he's doing for us, I, I do think it's interesting to note. Uh, uh, have you ever heard the saying, Brady, that, that the Eskimos have 200 words for snow? Have you ever heard that before? I have not. Okay, now I have. You haven't? Okay. 
Well, being in Minnesota, you think, how many words for snow do you have? <laughs> uh, well, it's probably not appropriate on air, probably. But yes, go ahead. Okay. Well, <laughs> yeah, I didn't think of the words in that respect. But, That's but, right. Okay, anyway, fair enough. Uh, so so, so the, the thing is, is if you live in snow all the time, obviously you, you have a lot of words to describe it. Uh, uh, what, okay. what, what, well, here's the thing. Hebrew is a very, very limited vocabulary. That's why it's a great language to learn because you just don't mm. have a lot of words to to memorize. It's it's not like English. Uh, in English, we we even have books called the sources, where you have a concept and you'll have a dozen English words that go for that concept. Uh, the Hebrew is just the opposite. In a Hebrew dictionary, you have a Hebrew word, and then you probably have six different ways that word is used because you just don't have a lot of words. And what's fascinating in these first few verses, we've got actually three different words for praising God. One has to involve, involve singing. Uh, one is the word hallelujah. Uh, uh, in a little bit, we'll have yet another word for praise. And, and I just wanted to point that out. I think that shows how important the idea of praising and thanking God is. That, that yeah, there's all kinds of words for that in a language that really has only a few words uh, to use. But but what, what I think you would probably point out here is that why are we praising him? Because he's the one that builds up Jerusalem. He gathers outcasts. He heals brokenhearted. He binds up wounds. Uh, so these are not people, like you said, who have got a lot of money in the bank. Uh, they're not sitting back in some big fancy mansion. These are people who are suffering. These are people who are struggling, which seems to be a contradiction to the exhortation to praise the Lord. Uh, but it is the promise that it's precisely those people who the Lord sees, the Lord hears their prayers, and the Lord answers. Um, in fact, I, I, I was reading, a lot of scholars think that this psalm probably was written by Ezra and Nehemiah, and is actually a psalm uh, that was sung when they rebuilt the temple. Because, uh, you know, they'd been exiles for 70 years. That's a long time. Uh, but then God brought them back. How, how could that be? Brought them back to the city they had been exiled from, a city that had been destroyed, a temple that had been destroyed. And they rebuilt all of this stuff. And it wasn't easy to rebuild. Uh, there, were, mm. there were enemies that surrounded them that were mocking them and giving them trouble and threatening them. And have you ever built a temple by hand? <laughs> Brady? <laughs> I haven't built much with my hands, to be honest, so I can't okay. relate. <laughs> well, I, I, I've built a birdhouse, and I don't know how many times I hit my thumb doing that. Apparently, it's a really difficult thing to build things, especially if you're doing it all by hand. So, they, uh, so the wounds here may be literal. They may actually have wounds and yeah, you know, bruises yeah. and who knows. But, but okay, does that mean you don't praise the Lord? No, you praise the Lord because the Lord's going to... He's going to bind up the wounds uh, anyway. And this is, that's an important context. Well, first of all, because after we're done with Psalms, we'll be studying Nehemiah starting, oh, um, cool. I guess it's tomorrow. We're going to start studying uh, tomorrow with uh, Nehemiah, with Pastor Ben Meyer. And to do my own study and to look at Nehemiah, it's just this wonderful reality of God's people coming back. Um, to to Israel, and we we skipped over Ezra, um, which is you know probably my mistake. But we skipped over Ezra. We're going to Nehemiah, and they're going to build the wall. The temple's built. They send them back, and now there's this certain amount of 
praise the Lord, even though they've been hurt. You know, they've been in exile for a while. They've been struggling with all this. It's still in shambles, like in Nehemiah, for example. The temple's there, but they're still in shambles. There's still shame. The shame because they know they haven't gotten quite back to where they were. So they're looking at that wall not being built, and, and there's that kind of shame. But if this is written by Ezra and Nehemiah in that time period, there was a time we were able to say, praise the Lord. I was hurt, but the Lord has healed us. The wall is there, not only the physical wall, but our shame has, has been taken by him. And we're able to know who we are once again as God's people. So I think there's a lot of meaning with exactly what you said in these three verses about healing. It goes so far beyond just, I hit my uh, thumb with a, with, a, <laughs> with a hammer, you know, which is what I would go through. <laughs> so, so in <laughs> And, and you're absolutely right, Brady. And I'm thinking, remember, even with the temple, even when they rebuilt the temple, remember mm-hmm. how the old people said, but it's not as nice as the old temple used yeah. to be. You know, yeah. they're, they're still, but but you're right. And I, I man, that's such a great insight. And so what, what does the prophet uh, uh, say? He says, praise the Lord, you silly people. You used to be slaves up in Babylon, and now you're back in your homeland, and we've got a place to worship God, and we're getting the other stuff taken care of, too, because that's what the Lord does. He He binds up the wounds. He He heals the brokenhearted. So, yeah, great, great, great insight, Brady. Yeah. So, as we as we look at this, um, I want to ask this question, because we're, we're knee-deep into it, but I want to ask this, is for you as a pastor and what you've experienced in life, why are the Psalms so important? Because it is so powerful to go through these. Why are they so important to the church and to us in our Christian lives? I mean, I know we're kind of taking a little bit of a step back, but I wanted to hear your thoughts. Okay, uh, and, and here's what I see the great danger right now, Brady. Uh, what, what we do with the Psalms is we just reduce them to a thing that is read in church. Yeah, okay. uh, and, and, and they have to be things, as you said, and when you say pray them again, not that we just read them because it's what we're doing in church, but we really have to pray them. We have to think about the words. We have to let the words touch our hearts because these are things written by people who are going through the exact same things that all of our listeners are going through now. Uh, and, and so these are words written by people who are brokenhearted, all right? And they're brokenhearted people listening to us, and they need to hear these words and know that these words are about them as well. Uh, they're, 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 the, they're people that are afflicted by great and powerful enemies, and you're going to see those things in the Psalms as well. Uh, and, and, well, I don't know. So, so, I mean, that would be my answer. The, these are about mm-hmm. real people responding to real situations, uh, and, and, and we should hear them and find in them comfort. Because here's the one thing you're going to find. You're, you're going to have psalms where David literally despairs. He says, I don't know what's wrong. It seems like you, the good guys prosper, and I'm just having one problem after the other. And yet in every single psalm at the end, you, you have this message. But but Lord, I know, even though I've doubted you, even though I'm having troubles, I know you're going to take care of me. I know you love me. I know you forgive me. I don't know why, but I do know that as a fact. So yeah, no. But I, I'm worried because I think we reduce the Psalms to just, oh, okay, we got these verses. Now we got to read because it's the beginning of the church service. And our pastors and our people both have to, you have to really listen and pay attention to those words and pray them from your heart. Yeah. There was one pastor I know that he would go in the sanctuary to pray. And so you have your yeah. your prayers maybe written, you know, maybe um, from the heart, if you will. And he just told about this one moment where he went in and he read a psalm 
Because he's kind of like, well, I think David did this, so I'm going to do it too. I mean, this is a pastor. This is a guy who went through seminary, yeah. Vic Ridge, the whole thing. And he said he kind of, he read it, and then he he literally in the sanctuary looked around, and he was kind of like, had this realization, and he was kind of embarrassed even to say it, that he's like, wait, I'm actually praying right now. <laughs> you know, that, that this is actual me praying. Um, and, and since it is the word of God, we know the Holy Spirit is working through this and it forms our own language to be able to pray even, quote, better. If I can say, I don't want to say it quite that way, but but it's just, it's a very formative thing. It, it reminds us that, 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 that people prayed well before us. And one other pastor said so well that, that, that the Psalms, hit almost every situation for all of us because they're real people going through real life situations and the Lord gives us the opportunity to respond and lament, respond in imprecatory nature, um, to respond in ways that sometimes we as Christians don't think we can, but we can. And part of that is praise, that we can thank God for this. We can thank God even in the hardest of situations because the Lord is still with us. I mean, this is the kind of stuff that goes through mind. Yes, we were excited to study this. So, so, so three things. Number one, when, when I was criticizing people that just read the Psalms and don't really pray them, I'm talking to myself. Right. <laughs> okay. Oh, amen. That, that, yeah. that, that's a professional danger as a pastor because you're doing the liturgy and sometimes we do just do it. Okay. Mm-hmm. I must confess sometimes when I say I'm a poor, miserable sinner, I'm not really thinking about that. Right. Mm-hmm. That's right. A, that's right. a fault. I repent of that. Number two, I just want to say a shout out for Pastor Bittner here, who's now my pastor here, replaced me. And he reads the Psalms all the time in his personal devotional life. And I think, what a, what a great example. Because you're right, that that's a good way to pray. Because the third thing is, is sometimes we don't know what to pray, right? Isn't that what the Paul says? Sometimes we don't know the words, but the Holy mm-hmm. Spirit, he provides the words in the Psalms. That's where you, like you said, I like that thought, Brady. You can't go wrong with praying the Psalms because these are the words of the Holy Spirit. He he really knows what to say when we don't sometimes. And when we look at these verse three, particularly, it really brings home not only the reality for the Israelites, but for ourselves. You hear other yeah. words when it says that he'll have healing in his wings. We hear in Luke four, when Jesus is said to have come to bring healing to the brokenhearted. Obviously, like we say often, you put on your Christ goggles and here you cannot help but see Christ as he brings this healing of forgiveness and grace and mercy that 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 we need. I mean, so many times in our lives, the grief and the pain and the brokenness that we'll all experience is not only for them, but also for us. And it clearly points us to Christ, which I think is just a, a wonderful right at the beginning. And sometimes I feel like I have to find it a little bit in the Psalms, but this one's right there. You see Christ who brings healing to us on a daily basis. Other thoughts? And, and- and Brady, well, no, I just want to say, say thank you, thank you, because that's that's the key thought. How are the uh, the brokenhearted restored? How are those that are wounded healed? It, it is only through Jesus Christ. These people said these words in anticipation of the coming of the Messiah. And, and we say them now with the joy and, and perhaps an additional uh, praise because we know it has come and it has happened. And we're waiting for when it will finally be completed, of course, when he returns at the end of the world. Um, I'm sorry, I, I, this got me off track. I just need to say it really, really quick. So I was just watching a TV show and it was talking about the end of the world and it was pictured as, as the Armageddon. That's what it was talking about, Armageddon. Oh, yeah. And of course, mm-hmm. I think the human con- concept is, is that there's going to be this great battle between evil and bad at the end of the world. Uh, but but you know, that's not Armageddon, not in the Bible. No, Armageddon is where God comes and he sweeps away all the evil. 
Uh, if you mm. read it in Revelation, there really isn't a battle. He just gathers together all the evil forces and boom, it's done. So so let us understand that what's going to happen in the future is not some great battle and who knows who's going to win. No, in the future, finally, everything that is breaking our hearts, everything that is wounding us now, that will all come to an end. That's what Armageddon is all about. So I'm sorry. I don't know what got me off in that, but I was watching that TV show. And I said, well, you silly people, you don't understand what Armageddon is at all. <laughs> <laughs> well, and it gets me to, I always think in movie mode, Armageddon 1998, you know, and just thinking of the movie that oh, was yeah. there, that everything's going to go down and they name the movie Armageddon, which is interesting. But anyways, I want to say one more thing on verse three. And um, I would have to do a little more study on this. I saw it implied in one of the commentaries I read, but I was thinking about how recently I, I you know, I kind of fell and I got a bruise on my arm. Mm. And the problem with bruises is that you, they just don't go away right away, especially as you, as you get a little bit older. And uh, my grandpa would lament this. He said, you know, I used to play football games and I never got a bruise. All of a sudden, now I go to bed and I wake up and I have three bruises. I don't know where they came from, you know, kind of. <laughs> would say. But, but you get the bruise and it just doesn't just go away. And, I, and I, it was implied, and I would have to do more study, but when it says that he binds up their wounds, is a reminder that when you have a bruise, you can't just fix it in a day or, you know, but it's a long process. It's a continuous healing that you'll see. And that's what our Lord gives to us is that there's always going to be pain. As you're talking about Armageddon and evil and brokenness will be destroyed, that our Christian walk has that reality that that he doesn't just take it all away, but he binds up the wounds for healing. So if you have a cut, you put a Band-Aid on it, you put whatever else kind of stuff you want, aquifer, you put it on there, and then it is in the process of healing. And so for us as Christians on this earth, that he is continually, um, one person said, the baptismal therapy that he gives every day, the forgiveness is, is not just a full forgiveness, but it is a process of healing throughout our lives, realizing the Lord is with us and that his grace is always um um, strengthening us. So, any thoughts on that? I, it just oh, something oh, that Brady. I implied. Wow! No, man, that's why the spirit. The spirit gave you that insight, yeah, because it's the binding up of the wounds, isn't it? It's like you broke your arm, and now you've got to put it in a cast and a sling. It's not like poof; it's all gone. No, right. no, no. But it's being taken care of. It's being taken care of. It's being healed. What needs to, but but oh, that's such a great insight, Brady. Because no, it's not over. It's not done with. In fact, it'll never be done with us until we die, or until the end of the world comes, whichever comes first. Right. But that, that, and by the way, just to, to reflect on what your grandfather said, you know, I fell off my bike a couple of years ago, and in the old days, I would fall off my bike and I'd get up and I'd move on. No, I fell off my bike and I couldn't use my arm for a month. <laughs> so I affirm what you're saying. Yeah, that, that the wounds are. Bad. Down, but they still hurt. Yeah. They still hurt. Yeah. yeah. But the healing is still happening, which is a yes. truth for us as our Lord continues. And that's why with healing in his wings is just such a good reminder of the daily walk with our Lord. So right now, I think we're going to do this. We're going to take our break. Uh, it is uh, we are studying Psalm, uh, studying and praying Psalm 147 with Pastor John Lekomsky. And we will be right back.
Here is what our listeners are saying about KFUO Radio. It's like we Bible-believing Christians have our own special uh, event. I love that. Wish the whole world could belong to Jesus. I really appreciate this, and I'm enjoying it very, very much. To leave a message on the KFUO comment line, call 314-996-1542. Christ for you, anytime, anywhere. Worldwide KFUO. The Missouri Army National Guard can help you get the education you need to land the career you've always wanted. The Guard will pay up to 100% of your tuition for up to 39 credit hours per academic year at 90 colleges and tech schools across the state. You're eligible as soon as you enlist. Learn more about the many benefits that come with serving part-time in the Missouri Army National Guard. Visit NationalGuard.com today. Sponsored by the Missouri Army National Guard. Aired by the Missouri Broadcasters Association in this station. You hear our voices every day as we speak the gospel, share the latest news, or for insightful and sometimes entertaining talk. Why not share your voice with us and send us your feedback, suggestions, and questions? Leave your comment at 314-996-1542. Be sure to follow us on social media, too, so you can like, comment, and share your favorite posts. Drop an email to KFUO at KFUO.org or send a snail mail letter to Worldwide KFUO, 1333 South Kirkwood Road, St. Louis, Missouri, 63122. And welcome back. We are studying and even more importantly, praying Psalm 147 with Pastor John Lekomsky. And Pastor, I wanted to just, since you are away from Minnesota, I want to give you a little bit of reminder when you come back, when you enter the state of Minnesota, you drive through on the highway and you stop at a gas station and you're driving on those side roads. What is very important to every Minnesotan and it's called the Minnesota wave, that a Minnesota wave is not something you do when you walk. It's not something you do when you're standing still. But the Minnesota wave is very important because it is actually seen as goodwill. It is actually something that helps bring people a little bit of joy. Because when you drive by somebody, you just give that left hand up or maybe right hand if you're very coordinated and you put it up in the air and little, you know, Bob Frankenschmidt across the street will be <laughs> waving back at you. And this is goodwill for the sake of people's well-being and for the sake of their love. Now, important to know this, too. That you can do it while you walk, but to make sure that you can't just walk and wave, you actually have to say something like "Good morning, Bob" or "Good morning here." It's a very <laughs> this is very important for you to remember because this I'm, is a I'm calling. Make notes. <laughs> yes, for every Minnesotan, this is a calling to remind them. Now, here's the other point of this: though. this is a country thing. It still qualifies in Northfield. It does not qualify in Minneapolis. There, you don't have to wave, although it would be seen as a nice gesture. But in that's a metropolitan areas. So that doesn't count. Country, the Minnesota wave is important that you do not. And also you don't say anything in the car because then they're going to think you're crazy that you're talking to yourself while you're waving <laughs> in the car. So this is the call the Minnesota wave and reference sake. This is page 183 and how to talk Minnesotan. So this is important for you to know as you go back to Minnesota this next week. What yeah, do you think? You know, I haven't read that book for years and I'm thinking I need to back and review that now that I'm living in Minnesota. I need to review I the it. basics because I had forgotten about the Minnesota, especially right. about the distinction between 
between the car and when you're walking, which is a very right. important difference. <laughs> Can you imagine? I, I, I get, my heart almost got sad when I heard of someone, they might actually wave and not say something when you're walking. That'd be terrible. You know, it'd be just so <laughs> awful. Be. Or even more so than if you're, if you're saying something when you're driving and then people would think, what's he, he's, there's nobody in that car. He's crazy. That's, he's he's absolutely crazy. Yeah. And that's a, that's yeah. a big sin in Minnesota for sure. So anyways, let's continue <laughs> on in God's word right. back on the farm. Verses four through six. He determines the numbers of the stars. He gives to all of them their names. Great is our Lord and abundant in power. His understanding is beyond measure. The Lord lifts up the humble. He casts the wicked to the ground. So now this is very much so similar to the first three verses, but it isn't so much about um, uh, building up or healing. But here it talks about a lot of his power. This is this is what he's able to do or what he but I think there's a lot of words that that connect us not only from the power, but also for how he uses that power. What are your thoughts in these verses? Well, so I, so I think the thing is, is okay, so it comes and says he's going to heal the brokenhearted, he's going to bind up their wounds. Well, how do we know he can do that, right? I mean, especially when we were in exile in Babylon. Yeah, really, what's God going to be able to do now? You know, maybe when we were in Jerusalem, but now we're off in this. So I think that's the issue then the psalmist is answering. Well, here's how you know God can do that, because God is powerful, and he gives us this example of the stars in the heaven that he created them. He named them. He numbered them. Uh, and, and it loses a little impact in our day of light pollution. Because uh, mm. even in the beauties of Minnesota, where, where, where it's, it's, it's wonderful country and the sky is clear, uh, you still only see a handful of stars. And uh, we need to remember back in, in their days where there wasn't any artificial light at night, you would literally see thousands and thousands and thousands of stars. You ever been to the creation? Museum, Brady? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yep. Ah, so, you know, they got this beautiful, beautiful exhibit about the stars there. And, yeah. and, and I don't know if people understand this. Literally, literally, there are more stars than, than grains of sand on the seashore. That seems impossible, but that's right. the truth. And, and these people back and then, they would have been aware of that. And, and so that's the image. Trust me. And we're going to see that image repeated. Now, this is kind of a creation psalm, too. Uh, God the Father. Uh, and we're going to see that emphasized. No, he, 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 he created all this. Trust me. He can, he can do these things. He can because he is, as, as the word is here, he's powerful. He is abundant in power and he's great. Yeah. In fact, so great that you, you can't really begin to grasp it. <laughs> and this can, can you grasp that? That there's more I stars can. and there are sands on the seashore? That I can't. Like, that's the no. truth. The scientists well, and then, will tell you that. Right, right. And then to be able to connect this to Abraham, obviously your your yeah. your nation oh, yeah. would be as great as the the stars in the in the sky. And and uh at the same time that he knows the name of every one of them. Showing the, yeah. the greatness of his power, but that he knows them by name. And then in the same sense, just like when we have a, a baptism, you know, I've called you by name, you are mine, is the banner that our congregation will make for that child. Is a reminder that if he knows the stars' names, well, how would he not also know your name? And that's a powerful thing. This could go into the wave. The walking wave with a word is that when you know the person, you actually will say their name. Because, oh, hey, morning, Bob, you know, that kind of thing. And how how much exactly. meaning does that have? That, that has a lot of meaning in a very small way. And then to have a significant way of realizing that the Lord knows your name and he knows the stars. How would he not also know yours? 
and 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 and, the, and then the New Testament. You think this is a powerful image? The New Testament pushes it even further and says, not only does he know all the stars, obviously, as you said, he knows all of us by name, but even knows the number of hairs on your head. Right. <laughs> okay, right. which again, as it says, it, it's it's the understanding is beyond measure. It, it, it just is. gets, it but is. that, but that's the point. He does know us, uh, dear people who are listening to me right now. Maybe you're feeling like he's forgotten you. He hasn't. Okay, it can feel that way, like you pointed out, Brady. That yeah. the, the wounds, the wounds hurt. They do hurt. No one's denying that. But do not think that he's forgotten you. Certainly, do not think that he doesn't have the power to help you, uh, and he will. He will. Um, and it's very humbling in verse six, where it says. The Lord lifts up the humble. So if you even think about the abundance of his power, verse 5, that is all beyond measure, that how can you not be humbled? And then at the same time, like you just said so beautifully, that if you think he's forgotten you, he hasn't, and he lifts you up. I always think about that with the eagle's wings. I will lift you up on eagle's wings, uh, the song that we will sing and you know from the scriptures. And why is that so important? I want to hear your thoughts on that. To be lifted up, why is that so important? Well, well I, actually, I want, to, I want to start with the word humble, because I think the danger sure. is we hear that and we think, oh, I knew there was a catch. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm sure God's <laughs> going to take care of me, but I have to be humble first. Yeah, you know? right, right. Uh, but that's not the Hebrew word there. The Hebrew word isn't talking about some kind of emotion, some kind of mental decision you make, some kind of attitude. The, the word there in the Hebrew literally means somebody that's bent over. From an outside force, something outside of them has caused them, forced them to be bent over. And, and, and there are people right now that we're talking to literally know what we're talking about. Like, like your grandfather, the, the elderly people out there, they literally know what it is to be bent over. That wasn't a choice on their part. It's just the result of old age and arthritis and, and, and all of that, the deterioration of the spine. And there's other people out there with all kinds of struggles and trials. And again, they didn't choose this. It's, and that's the word humble there. It's been put on you. But see, that makes the beauty of the lifting up. Yeah, I know there are things in the world that do humble us, that bend us over, but the Lord is the one, the Lord who's so powerful, who's so great, who makes all of the stars, which are innumerable. And he is, he's going to lift you up. He really will. Now, here's the sad thing, Brady. He may not do that until we pass away. Mm -hmm. uh, having ministered to a lot of old people, you know, I can't go to them and say, oh, guess what? You're going to be healthy and fine next week. No, right. maybe not. But but you will be, trust me, you will be leaping like the calves, you know, the psalmist says. Uh, so that's the promise. He will lift us up. Uh, and by the way, no promise to the wicked. Uh, and the word there means those that are willingly, outwardly wicked. You know, it's not someone like us who sin. It's not just sinners, but these are right. people that rejoice in their wickedness. Although, isn't it crazy? God would forgive them, too. Right. If they would repent, even though they've been outwardly wicked, he would. Uh, but but anyway, so yeah, because I know you've got some great insight on the lifting there. So where 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 do you see the the power in that word? Well, you know, as I see it, it how many times, like you said so well, that we're we're bent over or that we've fallen down, and not in a physical mm. sense, but just in a what am I doing? What is going on? And you can get bitter, you can get angry. Um, and this is not about a, a general happy demeanor, but there are times where you just, no matter what someone tells you, that you are feeling like you are just down. And this is yeah. something that recently in our local paper, and I wrote them a letter giving thanks for what they wrote, is they, they wrote something about how mental illness affects us all. And the beauty of what they wrote 
is that they didn't try to say, and we can fix it all. You know, we we have this program, we have this program. I'm not saying that we shouldn't have those programs, but it was very much so a not, okay, then therefore you have to vote this way or you have to go this way. It was <laughs> simply allowing everybody to admit that mental illness is real and that, and that we all are affected in, with it in some way. And for me, this is where the church and God obviously is, is the most, uh, uh, meaningful for people to realize that he will lift you up out of these dark places. Not to say that you will always have this, this great light is that the darkness is there. And then in the midst of that, even if it's just a little flicker of light and a little bit of a lifting up, or at least a holding that this is what our Lord gives to us. Um, and I, I just, I, I really appreciated the article because it was, it was totally, and it didn't have any politics. It didn't try to say, I have all the answers. It's allowing us to admit that why do we need lifting up is because we all will go down and the Lord is the one who is always there lifting us up in the process. So that's the kind of reflections so, I have today. So I, I've, I've got a cousin who is, who's, uh, has, has mentally ill and he's in a, he's in a, a nursing home for people that have mental illness. And he's been in there for years and he will be in there until he dies. There is no going to be cure. But see, the beautiful thing we need to know is God loves him. See, we somehow think that when there's mental illness or or maybe again, because we're getting older or maybe we have some other disease. And well, I guess God. No, no. See, that's the remarkable thing. God loves uh, the you with with arthritis. He loves the you with heart disease. He loves the you with mental illness. That's the lifting up this knowledge that his has said that we're going to talk about in just a moment. It doesn't Mm. end because we've got afflictions here on earth. No, no, no. That that love is always there. So let's keep moving forward as he unfolds it in such beautiful ways. 7 through 11. Sing to the Lord with thanksgiving. Make melody to our God on the lyre. He covers the heavens with clouds. He prepares rain for the earth. He makes makes grass grow on the hills. He gives to the beasts their food and to the young ravens that cry. His delight is not in the strength of the horse, nor his pleasure in the legs of a man. But the Lord Yahweh takes pleasure in those who fear him, in those whose hope in his steadfast love. What do you what do you hear in these words, Pastor? Oh, man, Brady, I tell you what, uh, uh, the spirit just gave me a thought that I had not realized before. And it relates exactly to what you were talking about with the issue of, of, of mental illness. So, see, again, how do we judge the favor of the Lord? Oh, well, if someone's very, very bright and intellectual, then yeah. the Lord must really favor them. Right. Mm. But don't you see that's exactly where the psalmist say, no, no, you're wrong. God doesn't favor the horse because the horse is big and strong. He doesn't favor you because you can stand up upright. Oh, look how strong your legs are. You don't understand the favor of the Lord. It has nothing to do with our outward strength, our health, our our wellness, or mentally fitness, or whatever you want to use. That's not what it is all about. It's all about him and about his love and his care. And and the psalmist has repeatedly told us he really loves most the people that are brokenhearted, the people with wounds, the people that are bent over. Uh, Mm. So so don't ever think if you're in that condition, that means the Lord doesn't love you, because that's not what his favor and his pleasure is about. 
Um, well, okay, because there's all kinds of other things in these verses, but that that's the thought that just came to me that I didn't even see in that mm. until you brought up that other issue. So if anyone's dealing with mental illness out there, don't assume that that means the Lord doesn't favor you or doesn't have pleasure in you. No, no, <laughs> that has nothing to do with the favor or pleasure of the Lord, no matter what our weaknesses are. Absolutely. And here, he it reminds me of when Jesus says, look to the birds and the sparrows, you know, in the barn and look to the lilies in yeah. the field. He kind of does that here where he says, look at the clouds, look at the rain, look at the grass on the hills, a place they probably didn't even put any seed down. Um, look at the beasts, look at the ravens that cry. All of this is something that the Lord takes, you know, that the Lord has given to us. And so take pleasure in it. Because this is what the Lord has given to us. And I was thinking about the, the pleasure in the legs of a man um, or the strength in, in the man. It makes me think about, boy, you know, only if I could squat a little more, like back in my football <laughs> days. You know, you're thinking, oh, if I could squat a little more, look how impressive that is. And this is kind of a call to repentance. Like, it doesn't matter how much you squat, buddy. It doesn't It doesn't matter at all. So it's kind of a side note. <laughs> so just, just real quick, because you mentioned up this, this Raven thing, and I did not know this until I, I did my prep for, for our show. Because, you know, the ravens come up in the New Testament, as, as you uh, alluded to, Luke right. 12. Consider the ravens. They neither sow nor reap. They neither have storehouse nor barn, and yet God feeds them. And what it, you know why they use ravens, Brady? Have you ever heard that? Why they use Brady? Uh, I had No, I I had no. Well, I don't, because apparently, apparently the, the, the mother bird abandons the ravens when they're little. Uh, mm. That's not true of most animals. But in the case of ravens, yeah, the mother just lets them go. You're on your own, buddy. <laughs> Interesting. I, 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 I sat on your egg for, for, for weeks, but not anymore. And, and so that's the whole point. They don't have anybody to take care of them. And yet somehow they are taken care of. And it's by the, the grace and the power of the Lord. Um, wow. So another creation example here, we're worried and fretting and, and look around us. Uh, and again, don't you see that emphasis that we talked about? It's not because of you. It's not because of what you're doing. No, no, it's the Lord who takes care of the ravens, and he takes care of you and me, too. Uh, and and he, he loves us even in, 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 when we can't do our squats. He still loves us. <laughs> Thank God for that. And, and that's what's so great about going through this slowly. I mean, I'm, I'm a guy, you know, I'm product of my generation, and I think my kids will be even more so. It's just like, let's get this, get this, get this done. We have more important things to do, um, which is not true 99% of the time. But to go slowly through this, you're able to, un, un, to peel back the depth of what God does, the depth of his power. And then I find in these Psalms, particularly 146 through 150, is that it really slowly unveils that all this power and grace, what does he do to, what does he do with it? Is that he deals with the brokenhearted. He brings healing to those who need it. And he takes pleasure in those simple people, all people who fear him, meaning have faith in him. And it's that simple. And so why are we, why are we so, why are we trying to fix everything? Um, what, let's just give thanks for what he gives in Christ. Your thoughts? Um, yeah, I, I agree with you completely. And that's the whole focus. It isn't about our condition. It is about our strength. It is about, like you said, fear. And what a perfect explanation of the word fear. It's just another word for faith. That's that's mm -hmm. all it's saying. And that's affirmed by the hope. And again, there's that beautiful word, hased, uh, translated steadfast love. And I don't mm -hmm. know, I don't think we can really translate it in English because it just means a, a love that never ends. Uh, right. even if you would turn your back on him. 
And that's a horrible, terrible thing to do that. And there are consequences for doing that, as we saw earlier. But the one thing it doesn't change, it doesn't change his love for you. Okay? Mm. That's that's the mm. thing. Let's keep going because we know we're excited to get to the snow part. So 12 through 18, 12 through 18. And, and praise the Lord. Begin, I did, Go ahead. Before, oh, just real quick, I want to point out, we got yet another word for praise here. As if we didn't have Which, enough words for praise already, but this is not hallelujah in, in the Hebrew. It's a totally different word for praise. In verse 12? Here. Okay, verse I'm sorry. 12, didn't saying? mean to interrupt. In uh, yeah, verse 12, yeah, you're saying? Yeah. Okay, okay. What is the word then? Yes, it is. What's the yeah, difference? Yeah. Okay, oh, right. now you're going to make me look it up? <laughs> oh, for Pete's sake. <laughs> it's it's uh, uh, sab sab hai sab hai. I don't know. I'm not good at pronouncing Hebrew, but it's not no, hallelujah. Okay, right. so it's not good hallelujah. Enough. That's good to know. That's good yeah. to know. So that yeah, the, the Eskimo number of uh, saying the, the snow. <laughs> you know, here we go. All right, twelve through eighteen. Praise the Lord, O Jerusalem. Praise your God, O Zion, for He strengthens the bars of your gates. He blesses your children within you. He makes peace in your borders. He fills you with the finest of the wheat. He sends out his command to the earth. His word runs swiftly. He gives snow like wool. He scatters hoarfrost like ashes. He hurls down his crystals of ice like crumbs. Who can stand before his cold? He sends out his word and melts them. He makes his wind blow and the waters flow. So he tells us to praise. What are we supposed to praise here? Well, so so again, as we said, this is a creation psalm. And so he points us back to all the things the Lord is doing uh, in, in creation. Uh, but at the same time, he's pointing out how the Lord is doing all of these things in creation for us. Uh, in fact, the next time you read through Genesis chapter 1, the creation story, please note that everything that happens in Genesis 1 happens for us. And, and the mm. one day where, where there are things that wouldn't be good for humans, we have a creation that really we wouldn't be able to live on, it doesn't say it is good. But every other day when God has made a world where humans would fit in perfectly, he always says it is good, okay? Uh, and that's what we have here. Uh, and, and the blessings are, are limited. Uh, okay, we, 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 have, we have the bars of the gates. So we, we've, we're protected. We, we've got children. We have peace. We have food. Uh, uh, and of course, the beautiful thing here in this set of verses is it happens simply because he speaks. He speaks his word, and we have all those things. Uh, and you know me, Brady, I love, I love the language. And in verse 15, it says he sets out his command to the earth. But that's not the usual Hebrew word for command. Uh, that is a word that simply means God says something. He utters something. It is indeed the word that is used in Genesis 1 when it says, and he said, let there be light. And of course, he said a whole bunch of things, and it just was. So anyway, that, that's the cool thing. You, you can depend upon everything being taken care of because that's how powerful God's word is. He speaks it. Uh, and his word runs swiftly. Don't you like that? He says, let there be light, and <laughs> there is light. And again, it's the same word that's used there in Genesis 1. So obviously the, the psalmist is thinking about that creation story. Now, when we look at eighteen or 16 through 18, he yeah. uses unique language with snow that is, is hard for me to envision because, I, to be honest, I'm not a real big winter fan. Ironically, the Lord has called <laughs> me here. But, but he talks about snow like wool, hoarfrost like ashes. So you can just envision this. This is the beauty of, of Scripture. It gives you so many visuals throughout. And it, it talks about he hurls down crystals like crumb, uh, crumbs and, and before who can stand before is cold and 
and he melts him with his word. I mean, what is he talking about here? How would you describe this? All right, I'm, I'm going to give you something, and I don't know if this is me or if it's Luther. I actually, okay. this was my this was my final Lenten sermon before I retired. Was on Psalm 147, and I re-listened oh. to it. And, and most of it, I was channeling Martin Luther. He's got a great commentary on on Psalm 147. But 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 whether it's Luther or me, notice the combination of the words. You got snow, and you know about snow, Brady. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> six foot of snow. All right, and yet it's like wool. And wool is the thing that keeps you warm in the snow, right? We put uh, on our sure. wool coat and we're warm. The second thing is we, we have uh, hoarfrost, hoarfrost, but it's like ashes. And what are the ashes? Well, that's the fire that keeps us mm. warm. And, and then we've got the crystals of ice and the Hebrew word there for like crumbs, like crumbs. The Hebrew word there for crumb actually means a morsel of food. That's the normal use of that word. And, and so I, I'm pretty sure this was Luther. I don't think I could have been that smart. But so the point is, even in the images of what is terrible, and if you haven't lived in Minnesota in the winter, you don't know what winter is like. And you do almost despair, don't you? It's like, Absolutely. how are we possibly going to survive this 30-degree blow without the wind chill? Uh, uh, and yet, in the midst of that, I think the psalmist is saying, but look, look, the Lord's love is still there, right? You're still warm, aren't you? Don't you have it? In fact, Luther says the fires we gather around the houses we're in during the winter, those are the ark, right? Just like he provided uh, Noah mm -hmm. with an ark. He's given us an ark that takes care of us and provides us. The ashes, there's fire. We've still got things to keep us warm, right? Uh, and we're still eating. We're not going hungry, although we couldn't go out and plant and grow food if we wanted to. No one's going to be able to do that in wintertime. And yet, yep, yep, even in the midst of the winter, the Lord's still there. The steadfast love is still there. He's still providing. And he melts them. Eventually, they do melt. I mean, that's yes. the beauty of it yes. for me, too. <laughs> and he makes the winds blow, which are important, and the waters to flow. It points us all to, although we might look at them and say, well, oh, this is awful, but also he provides through it all. And that's a lot of what you were you were telling us. Now, you, you preached Psalm 147 for your last sermon at your congregation? That was my last Lenten sermon. Oh, your last! Uh, I, was gonna, at, I was like, why, why this one? Yeah, yeah. Okay, that's that's good. Yeah, yeah. So we did the song, uh, Pastor. We have three minutes left, so I want to oh, okay. finish it and get your last thoughts on yeah. on this beautiful psalm today. So, nineteen and twenty, he declares his word to Jacob, his statutes and rules to Israel. He has not dealt thus with any other nation; they do not know his rules. Praise the Lord. Now, I want to spend a little time, this is a little bit strange on the end and how he describes yeah. uh, this, but not too long because we have to get to a general overview of the psalm. But what are your thoughts? Uh, what, what is he saying at the end? Okay, well, well, first of all, just what you said, and, and that's the great thing about living in Minnesota. There are times when you wonder, how are we going to get through this? But it always goes away, doesn't it, Brady? It mm -hmm, always goes right. away. Yeah. yeah, and that's the point. Don't don't despair. That these things will be taken care of. But the crucial thing in these last verses is how are they taken care of? See, we think that God has to do some kind of miracle and remove the problem. But as mm. you have done masterfully in this this episode, not always. No, sometimes the problem doesn't go away, and yet God still cares for us. And so the crucial thing is that we have the Word of God. The word of God that reminds us no mm. matter what, we have his love and his forgiveness. And Luther does a really cool thing with this phrase, his statutes and rules. He declares his word to Jacob, his statutes and rules. Luther says the word is the gospel. 
just what you said earlier, that God mm-hmm. loved us so much that he sent his only begotten son, Jesus Christ, to die for us so we would not perish. All right. It may seem like we're going to perish, but we will not perish. The statutes, he said, are the sacraments, the baptism and the mm. supper that remind us that it's not just that God loves the world. He loves you. <laughs> OK, mm-hmm. when the pastor says your sins are forgiven, he's talking to you. And that's the statutes. And then finally, Luther says the rules uh, are, are this declaration that we should love our neighbor as ourselves, because mm. this faith that he's given us isn't a dead thing. It's not a winter thing. No, it's a spring thing. It's a living thing. And when we know how much God loves us, we will indeed love those around us. Uh, And that's part of the praise, see? Praise isn't just the things we give to God, but praise is also then the way we love our neighbor because we know God has been so good for us. Now, it's interesting because that's not actually how I would have done those words. (laughs) But that's how Luther (laughs) did them. And I thought that's probably a good way uh, as we wrap up this episode. As we look at this whole uh, whole chapter, we have about a minute left here, Pastor. How would you pull this all together for us? The simple words are praise the Lord. What does that mean for us? All right. It, it means no matter what your circumstances are right now, and, and I'm hoping everybody's having a blessed day, but I know there's a lot of people who are struggling, even as I've got my struggles and you've got your struggles. And the thing you need to just remember is the Lord, he's powerful and he loves you. And he's going to take care of you no matter what, which is why we praise the Lord. Uh, Sad to say, he has showered us with blessings and we take them for granted so often. We just assume that these things should be ours and we've worked for them and earned them. Uh, God grant us, so to say, we don't deserve anything from the Lord. And therefore, everything we have is just just from his grace. (laughs) And even though we don't deserve him, he's going to continue to be this good creator God who takes care of the ravens and he takes care of us too. Pastor John Lekomsky, co-host of Wrestling with the Basics, here on KFUO, leading us to pray God's strong word in Psalm 147. Pastor Lekomsky, thank you again for being our guest. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Brady. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. (laughs) Saints of our Lord, we receive all that the Lord gives. Healing, lifting up, strength, peace, and yes, even snow. For all of it, we praise the Lord, and may we do so today. I'm your host, Brady Finner, and pastor of Messiah Lutheran Church in Sartell, Minnesota. Thank you for joining us, and the Lord keep you safe in the palm of his hands.